So, um, today we're finishing our series on Ephesians. Next week we're going to be looking at um, uh, Palm Sunday, and then the week after is Easter Sunday. And we had this one week, and rather than doing something new, I, I just felt it would be good to spend some time reflecting on what we've been doing over the last six or seven weeks in the book of Ephesians. So over the last few, few weeks, we've done a church-wide study. Uh, it's like a deep-dive study into the letter of Ephesians. So it's included sermons on Sundays, but also uh, a daily study guide, which many of you have been um, using. And also in connect groups, there's been lots of discussions around um, uh, the, the letter to Ephesians. And I know, I said at the beginning, Ephesians is one of those books that the more you dig in, the more you get out. And I know that God's been speaking to us uh, as individuals and us as a church throughout this time. And so I thought it'd be good just to um, almost go through a brief summary of each chapter or of each of the sermons we've done in order to kind of remind you what God's been speaking about so that at the end we can have a time of, of just worship and dedicate it again to God and say, yeah, I want to put this all into practice so um, the plan is, I'm going to do a very brief um, week-by-week uh, summary. Then I've asked a couple of people to come up and, and, and tell us a couple of stories from their connect groups. And then we'll get the worship band up and we'll respond in whatever way. So I don't know how it's all going to turn out. I'm sure it'll be lots of fun. But let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you didn't leave us as orphans, but you sent your spirit. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, you are among us now. And incredibly, you didn't just give us your spirit, but you give us the word of God as well. You give us this beautiful letter called, called the Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesians. And, and it's so f- packed, filled with, with such truth and profound mystery and glory and wonder and advice. And it helps us fix our eyes on eternity and it helps us live day by day. And I just want to thank you for the wisdom we find in it. And I pray that as as we just go through this one more time, I pray that you would almost seal in us something of what you've been speaking to us as a church. Lord, let knowledge in our heads become part of who we are in our heart, I pray today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so, whistle stop tour of the Ephesians preaching series. Okay, so, in week one, Paul Brown looked at... um, chapter 1, uh, and he talked, to, talked about us being adopted into the family of God. And he started by reading a letter from a, a mother who, uh, of an adopted daughter. And the, and the letter was just this um, kind of splurge, this beautiful kind of uh, poem almost of delight and the joy and the unconditional love that this mother has for her daughter. And it was a wonderful thing to read. And then, actually, we, we learned that this is God's view of us. Ephesians tells us that we are now adopted into the family of God. That doesn't just mean that we kind of sign on some bit of paper to make us legally his. It means we're part of his family. We have total acceptance, wholehearted love. All the privilege of being part of the family of God is now given to us. And we were singing about that in worship today as well, the the wonder of that. If you're a child of God, you have no need 
to be worried about whether or not God really loves you, if he really cares for you, if he really wants you. We have a, say, a saying um, in, in England of you can't choose your family. You heard that saying? God chose you before the creation of the world. There was no accident that you are his. He calls you into his family. He chose you, not because of the things you've done, because he chose you before that. He chose you because he loves you and he wants to demonstrate his love for you. Every blessing in the heavenly realms, whatever that means, <laughs> has been poured out on us. So I'm going to ask you a question. Do you see yourself as a child of God, chosen before the creation of the world. That's what we looked at in chapter 1. In chapter 2, um, Philip looked at the end of chapter 1 and then went into the beginning of chapter 2. He started off by saying, we need to pray that God opens our eyes to everything we have in Christ. That the spiritual eyes of our hearts would be enlightened. And actually, it's, it's important that we spend time saying, God, would you show me who I am in Christ? Would you show me what it means to be a son and a daughter of Christ? And then he went on. Again, we've been singing about this. We've been singing about everything. Have you seen my notes, Tim, before you? Um, we've been singing about this as well. You know, we were dead in our trespasses and sin. And do you know what? Sometimes people think it's just about the things I've done wrong, but it's not. It's just we're born spiritually dead. It's a human problem. It's a human condition. All of us are in sin. And the reason we sin is because we are dead in our sin. And what dead in our sin means is we're not alive to God. We don't have relationship with God. We're not in with God. And, and Philip was talking about how Jesus came to die. And when Jesus died, it, he, and then he rose again, it meant that we could rise again, which is why we have baptism. It's one of the symbols of baptism. People go in, it's like they're dead in their sin, and then they're brought back up, and they're alive in Christ. And so at the cross, Jesus dealt with the problem of sin. And you might find yourself sinning but actually, you can find forgiveness at the cross, and you're not dead in your sin anymore. In fact, the reason you know you're sinning is because you're alive in Christ, and, and, and God is saying, that's not what I've got for you. And that's what, you know, sometimes you feel bad about your sin. That's a good thing, because <laughs> it means God's saying, come on, you're alive. Stop doing that. You've got something different. So, my question on that one is, are you living the life that Christ won for you? Are you living as though Christ died and rose again for you? Because that's what he did. When I was um, young, we used to play a game called Stuck in the Mud. Did anyone play that game? And so you'd run around. There'd be someone who was it, um, and they would run around. And if they tapped you, you had to stand like this. okay? And you had to stand like that for the whole game unless someone came and tapped you. And as soon as someone... T oh, no, I think that had to go under your legs. Sorry, sorry, purists. Stuck in the mud purist. Yeah, that had to go under your legs. And then they'd get up, and they'd run away, and you'd run away because the person who was tagged was, was trying to get you. And do and you know what? In some ways, it's like... Uh, in the Christian life, it's like God has done everything he, he could to free us. 
And now he says, go, run away, run away from the sinful life, run away from that old way of doing things. And then you get to go and tag other people as well. And there's this real sense of when you're free, you can be part of setting other people free by saying, here you go, here's the gospel, here you go, here's freedom in Christ. Are you living that kind of life? Because that's what we're called to. So chapter two, let me just tell you a story. Philip is brilliant. He was reading and he just felt, actually, do you know what? The Spirit of God is keeping me here, so I'm not moving. That wasn't quite the, cha- the bit of the chapter he was supposed to be preaching on, which was absolutely fine, because the week after, this was amazing, Dave Devonish came, preacher from outside, um, one of the, the guys that started off um, uh, New Frontiers and Catalyst, the, the group of churches we're in. Um, and in uh, a few months ago, I chatted to him about, would you mind preaching on uh, the w- living with the word of God and living for the spirit of God. I gave him quite a specific, could you do that? And he said, yeah, that's fine, I could do that. <laughs> and then um, two days before, he sent me a text. And he said, uh, and so he, he sent me a text saying, oh no, it was an email with his notes and his, his plan and his PowerPoint and all of that. And it was about something acts. I was like, I don't want that. That's not what I asked for. So, um, no, I didn't. I wasn't quite that brazen. Um, so the next day, I, I texted him. I said, thank you for the, um, for the notes and everything. I thought you were preaching on something slightly different. Is there any chance you might be able to do it on the Word and the Spirit? And he sent me one back saying, I'm so sorry. I completely forgot. Yes, definitely. And so he woke up. He said he woke up at 6 o'clock and prayed about it and then brought this, this word. And then he, he turns up on the day. I chatted to him briefly. He said, I'm all ready. I'm good. good, good. I'm going to stop the air, pretending that I'm him now. Um, and he stands up. He opens his Bible and he says, please turn to. Where does he say to turn to? Ephesians chapter 2. And exactly the bit about um, that, that was really like an important bit. And he preached from that out of the whole Bible. That's what he preached from. And you think, man, that's why I thought, God, you're speaking to us through this book of Ephesians because, because that's just incredible. Uh, what did he say? He said a lot. <laughs> he said a lot. He said, um, actually, we, we, he talked about being members of God's household. Uh, and, and being members of God's household used to be the privilege of a few people, the Jews. But now... Because of what Jesus did on the cross, it's open to all of us. We can all know Jesus. We can all be part of the family of God. He talked about the Holy Spirit. And he said the, the Holy Spirit used to be poured out on just a few select few people. Not even all the Jews. It was the prophets and the priests and the kings. They, would, they were the ones that could have the Holy Spirit almost poured, poured out on them. But now... Jesus, God has poured his spirit out on all people. We can all have the Holy Spirit living within us. And that's what a privilege that is. And he said this, he said, Believers are equipped to function in the power of the Holy Spirit outside of the Sunday morning meeting. So we can use our gifts here. It's been wonderful to hear songs and, and uh, you know, the gifts of tongues being used and prof- prophetic words being used in this meeting, in this time together. And that's wonderful. But actually, we're not just equipped to serve one another here, but we're equipped to go out with those gifts. 
And, that, and, uh, and so that's one of the things we're called to. So when we come together on a Sunday or whatever, it doesn't have to be a Sunday. It could be a Wednesday. It could be just two or three of you gathering during the week. When we come together to, um, to, uh, to hear the word, we come to hear the word which equips us to know the purposes of God in this earth. So the reason we're learning the, the Bible is not just so that we can kind of fill our heads with knowledge about God, but to equip us to understand what God is calling us to, because we're his people, we're part of his family. We go out and we represent him in this earth, and we come to experience the Spirit to equip us to be his witnesses, to live for him, to live transformed lives in this world. So your life should look different to your friends that don't know Jesus because you've got the Holy Spirit living in you. So my question is, what motivates you to come here every week? What motivates you to come here every week? He said that, you know, in, in the early church, he said there was, um, I can't quite remember the Greek, but it was, it was really good. He said, um, it, yeah, he said, um, in the church, there were, there were the core people, the real believers, but then there was this other group of people um, uh, who were kind of outsiders watching in almost. And he called them the Id- idiotas. <laughs> and it was an unfortunate word. But, it, but what he was saying was, you know, you can look in all you like, but actually you've got to be part of what's going on. And I just want to kind of say to you, don't be an outsider looking in. Be part of who we are. Be, be part of what we're doing. Let's make the core of City Hope ever-expanding. So we've all got roles and responsibilities to play, not just within ourselves, but as we go out into the world as well. So what motivates you to come here every week? Please don't let it be, I just need my religious fix. I just need a little bit of time to contemplate. You can contemplate here, definitely, but that's not the reason we're here. We're here to be filled with the Spirit, to be part of the family of God, and to be equipped to, to be sent out into the world. Amen? Amen. That was word and spirit. Okay. In chapter 3, I talked about how we are loved. I spoke about how high and wide and deep the love of Christ is. That we can't define the love of God because he's undefinable. He's, you can't contain him. And so the aim of understanding the love of God is not to be able to, to define it. The aim is to start exploring it, is start to see the glory of it, to kind of search God out for all he is. And, um, you know, when we kind of think of God, we can't just put him on a shelf and say, God loves me. That's nice. A bit like, you know, a Valentine's card, just a reminder. Oh, no, no, the love of God should, should be something we pursue and explore every day of eternity to come. Amen. So the question is, do you know you're loved by God? I think a lot of people don't realize they're loved by God. I think a lot of people see God as this kind of up there, looking down, judging whether we're doing good or whether we're doing bad. And, and we find it hard sometimes to see him as a father who loves us. He said to Jesus when he, uh, when he came up from being baptized, he said, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And, you know, even just hearing about some of the stuff that was going on in Cap, and, and st- I know God looks down on a Wednesday and says, look at my children with whom I am well pr- pleased. 
I know that as you go out and you just, in, in nervousness, declare your love for Jesus to someone else or explain what Jesus has done in your life, I know he looks down at you and says, Ah, oh, my son and daughter, with you I am well pleased. And I know that, you know, even if you can't say, Oh, I've done, I've done much. Actually, he loves you because you are in Christ. And when he looks at you, he sees, he sees Christ in you. And he loves you. He's well pleased with you. So do you know that you are loved by God? So those thir- first three chapters were all about who we are in Christ. So it's all about identity, really. So we can have a confidence to know who we are. Um, We've been, loved, we've been adopted, we've been made alive, we've been filled with the Spirit and we're loved. Then the next three cha- chapters explored the way we live in light of the fact that we're loved by God, that we're part of God's family. So in chapter 4, I didn't, uh, we, we haven't got the whole band with us, but in chapter 4, John talked about kindness. Do you remember the song? Anyone want to start it off? So, no, there's a half-hearted over there. So, what was the song? John, you're here. No, John, no. Be kind. Yeah, there you go. Woo. Very good. Paul, well done for not letting back John be in your band. That's good. So he talked about being kind to one another, not just nice to one another. Being kind is a command. It's a command I give to my, my kids on a regular basis. <laughs> Be kind to one another. Why are you being horrible to one another? Why do I say that to my kids? Because I want them to value and care for one another as much as I value and care for them. And in the same way, God wants us to value and care for one another as much as he cares and values for us. So if if we're happy to say, God loves me, he chose me for the creation of the world, well, he also loves my brothers and sisters in exactly the same way. And so we treat them with respect and love and kindness of God. We've got eternity to live with each other, so we better learn how to do this. Just Just a very quick quote. One form of love-destroying dishonesty characteristic of life together in our marriages and churches is our niceness. In our niceness, we believe that being supportive means never speaking out our real thoughts and feelings in areas of disagreements. Where we disagree, we need to push against each other in ways that, um, in direct ways rather than in underhanded ways that usually result in mutual bitterness. Do you know, sometimes loving one another and being kind to one another means calling out the good and saying, I love that about you. That's amazing. You can see the the kind of hand of God in your life in that area. But it also sometimes means calling out the bad and saying, you're made for better things than that. Let's not live like that. And, and, And niceness is superficial, keeps it at that level of, okay, do you know that grin? That's niceness, yeah, but, but kindness is, is braver than that. So, question, are you kind to others or just nice? Okay. 
We nearly, oh, that was that quote, sorry. All right. Um, then light. I'm going to speed up now. Okay, then light. Rebecca contrasted living in darkness with, with living as light. Knowing that we're children of God, accepted into, adopted into his family, we are called to live like him. We have a brother whose name is Jesus. And we want to resemble our brother. We want to resemble him. We want to look like him. We want to act like him. We want to be light like he was light. There must always be something distinctive about your faith. Your faith should look, your life should look different to the, lo- the lives of others that don't know him. We're not called to conform to this world. We're not called to blend in and say, oh, do you know what? Christians can be cool like that. Christ- you can be a Christian and do everything you want to do. That's not where we're called. We're called to be distinctive. Light in darkness. That's what we're called to be. So question Are there areas of your life, maybe in the secret part of your life, that you know Jesus wants to shine a light on so that you're living pure and holy? Are there parts of your life that are just cold and dark and just not right? You're just like, I know I'm not right with God. I know I'm not right with my brothers and sisters. I know God's calling me into something bigger. Are you living a life worthy of the calling you've received? These are not easy questions to answer. And then chapter 6, the armour of God. Paul finished the the letter by looking at the armour of God. God calls us to stand firm and to stand together. The Christian life is, is often filled with battles, but our battles are not against people. Our battles are against um, a very kind of odd sounding thing to us in our kind of Western, Western world, but our battles are against the principalities and powers. It sounds weird and scary, but, but what, what it is, is there is, um, there is a lord of this world who wants to govern and control and destroy and kill. And, and, th- and there is a kingdom that we are advancing against. There is a, there is, there is a devil who is trying to ruin it all. And actually, we don't, we don't get that so much. Maybe we should um, talk into it a bit in, in terms of our teaching. But we need to stand firm against that. Amen. We need to say, no, we're not going to be feared with that. The Christian life is often battles, but we need to stand against it, putting on the, the, the righteousness, the, the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation and the sword of truth and all of that stuff. And we need to stand together alongside one another. We're a band of brothers and sisters through it. So my question is, who are you standing alongside? And who's standing alongside you? Families are not individuals. Families is a unit thing. So who are you standing alongside? Who's next to you on your left and on your right? In your connect group? Your close friends? In your marriages, do you have that sense of standing together um, and, and standing against uh, the, the principalities and powers? How do you do that? Well, being honest with one another. By actually saying, I'm struggling in this area of life. I need to be accountable to you. I need to tell you the things that, that, that I am I'm really struggling with. Or by just living holy lives together 
and being kind to one another and reminding one another that we are sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that we are privileged in all of those ways. So we must make sure we're doing that corporately and in smaller groups as well. That's really important. So that's my very whistle-stop tour of our, um, our preaching series. You can listen to all of them online. I think we managed, to, we managed to record all of them, which is amazing. We never That doesn't normally happen. Something goes wrong somewhere, so we've got them all. Um, but what I would like to do now is just invite a couple of people, you know who you are, to come up and just um, talk about how this Ephesians series has affected you in your connect groups. So, John and... yeah. That would be amazing. Actually, could we get a microphone for these guys? And then the band, if you could come up after. We'll start getting ready. That would be great. Here we go. Hi, church. Uh, (laughs) And what stuck out for me in Connect Group was the adoption one. Because obviously, it's the way my life, I've lived my life in the past. Obviously, I haven't had... My father's been there, but not a good father, to be honest. He hasn't been around that much. So for me to think that there's someone there that loves me and I'm adopting in his family, it's very hard for me. So then I just go about life doing what I need to do. But when we had Connect Group, I have a leader called Zara. Zara, where are you at the back? Go on, girl. (laughs) She's amazing. And we just sat there and we spoke and it was just like, we are adopted. Like, it's not a joke. And the question for me was, what do you what what was what does it say about you and it says that my faith i felt like my faith is too small i need it i need a new i need god to fill me up with faith Mm. um and then it was what would you do about it and i realized that i'm not really going into his word as much i should be reading the word all the time knowing what it says about me because that's my that's my book do you get what i mean and that's that's where i get life from and um I sat there for a little while and I think Ali was saying, why are you so quiet? And I was like, because I haven't been doing these things as a Christian. When you come into this, he's taking you. He didn't have to die for you, but he did. And that's amazing. Mm. And it's just like, my life has been shattered, bruised in relationships all my life. Like, And now that I've got him, I pray and say, fill me up. Give me mm. joy, please, this morning. Because I can't do it. And he does it if i haven't got no money he gives me money somehow do you know what i mean and this is a god that i'm part of i'm part of a family i've got someone i can go to dinner for zara's house or jake or i'm going for dinner today after church i'm part of a family someone loves me to bring me such a beautiful family and yeah that is what it is for me brilliant well done (laughs) come come a bit further in that, that was really inspiring to hear that so um so for myself um we go to a connect group um and we meet at 7 a.m on saturday mornings wow. yeah a few laughs there yeah okay it does exist that time on saturday yeah <laughs> um so we we meet um and the first thing we do is we we read a passage or a verse from the bible and then we pray walk prayer walk for about 20 minutes to half an hour so we walk round and round in the winter we meet inside in the summer outside um so having this series on ephesians it's been a real blessing for us because during the week we've all had the same focus we've all been reading the same chapter um we come together and we're focused on one bit of it that chapter that week 
So we walk around, we walk around, and we walk around, <laughs> praying, praying, praying. Whereas previously, after about 20 minutes, we might the prayers slow down, we stop. But because we've had this focus, we've just we've read the next part of it. We've been blessed in Christ Jesus before the creation of the world. Let's carry on praying. We carry on walking. <laughs> we've been adopted into his family. Someone else builds a prayer. We carry on praying. Our prayers has gone on and on and on. So having this series has been a real blessing for us because we've all been together. We've, we've all known we've been together, so there's been that unity. Um, so, yeah, we've been inspired and we want to build on that. So going forward, we want to carry on doing the same, however that will be, but having the same focus to be a blessing for us as a group. Amen. Brilliant. Excellent. Well done. I'm going to call the band up. Um, and can we stand together, if that's all right? I just want to go... I don't, I don't want anyone to try and remember all of, these, all of these questions, but I want to read the questions out again. And if there's one of them that's stuck out to you, I just, just spend a moment contemplating it and, and asking yourself, what am I going to do about it? Question one, do you see yourself as a child of God chosen before the creation of the world? And can I say, if you're not a Christian here, I can, that's an invitation. You can become a child of God. What, what, what must I do? I, I just come to him and I, I just say, God, I want to be yours. Repent of your sin. Turn away from the things you've done previously. Get baptized. Celebrate everything God's done for you. Um, so if you, if you want to become part of the family of God today, then talk to someone that, either that you came with or come and speak to me at the end, and I'd love to pray with you. Um, but that can be for you today. So, child of God. Second question. Are you living life, the life that Christ won for you? Or are you just coasting? Question three. What, motivated you, what motivates you to come here every week? Is it to get your dose of religion? Or is it to be equipped? with the spirit and with the word and to be part of a family question four I think do you know that you're loved by God if you, if you don't know that I would really suggest that you pray with someone through that um, again if you want to come to the front you're very welcome to or find someone close to you and say could you just pray I don't feel loved by God particularly and let them pray some truth into you um, and then the next question are you kind to others or just nice do you want a deeper sense of relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ and um, I didn't write a one for the last one. Oh yeah who are you standing with who are you standing with who's to your left and who's to your right have you got anyone you're trying to do this on your own it won't work <laughs> who are you standing with maybe go and talk to someone about standing with them mm.